On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a moment I've been waiting for for so long. Elon Musk gives an enthusiastic new progress update on the long-awaited next-gen Tesla Roadster. Plus, the new Performance Model 3's final look has been spied at a promotional video shoot. An unexpected buyer has purchased the three barn-find original Tesla Roadsters and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you for episode 448 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast, publishing here on March 3rd, 2024. And we cannot even mess around this week. We got to get right to the topic, at least that I'm the most excited about. It is a big topic, no matter how you shake it. But for me, this was, I, I was so energized by what I'm about to talk about that I wanted to just do the podcast on Tuesday, which is when all this happened. I, I just wanted to get in front of a microphone and go. But I'm glad I waited to record at the normal time because there is so much to talk about this week and a lot of it's super interesting. I mean, I think all of it's super interesting, but let's start here. The next-gen Tesla Roadster, unveiled in November of 2017 and really hardly any progress updates since then until now. I have waited literal years for Elon Musk or anyone on the Tesla team to give us any sort of meaningful update on Tesla's supercar. On Tuesday night, February 27th, 2024, that is the date that I will probably not, I'm just kidding, I'm, I'm exaggerating here a little bit, but uh, it's not that I'll never forget February 27th, but my goodness, that was a night that was very unexpected. I This came out of nowhere. Elon finally just went on a, a bit of a Twitter spree and gave us a ton of updates on the next-gen Roadster. So I'm going to go tweet by tweet here. So he started by posting, Tonight, we radically increased the design goals for the new Tesla Roadster. There will never be another car like this if you could even call it a car. So let's stop for a moment to acknowledge that this confirms that Tesla is actually working on this car again. Because clearly they were not doing so for the entire six years. You know, they, they, they haven't been working on this thing continuously since November, well, before November, since, you know, sometime earlier in 2017. It's... There have been fits and starts here, uh, and it's possible that this thing's been on the shelf for a while, but it is now back in development, and I am just over the moon about that. Now, hang on, because this next part, I'm going to need a paper bag to breathe into as, as we continue going through these, because it just gets more fun. So the next tweet read simply, Tesla slash SpaceX collab. Well, all right, that is exciting, don't get me wrong, but we did know that already because the SpaceX package that Elon has talked about adds the cold gas thrusters behind the license plate in the back. He has said that the license plate will re 
automatically retract down like James Bond style. And then the plus two back seat will be replaced by the cold gas air tanks for if you have the SpaceX package on the car. So unless, so that's what I presume that Elon's referring to here, unless now that the car is almost certainly being reworked. I mean, he just said that they radically increased the design goals, not to mention the fact that the Plaid Model S effectively did everything that the Roadster promised back in 2017. So unless more of the new Roadster uses SpaceX stuff in it now, like say the entire car is SpaceX stuff, meaning all aerospace tech. So whether that's carbon fiber for the material or something even more crazy than that, and maybe other other bits and pieces here and there, uh, but this is getting interesting. Now, hang on, there's more. Elon posted, quote, production design complete and the unveil at the end of the year aiming to ship next year. Oh my goodness. There it is, production design complete. So if I am to interpret that properly, on paper, that means the car is done. Now comes the hard part. But the, the point here that I'm super pumped about is they are actually moving forward on this, finally, finally. Let me say that again, finally, just to drive it home. I mean, some of you know why I'm so obsessed with this car. It's because, and some of you, it's been so long that some of you don't know the story. So I will just briefly tell you that five years ago, it, yeah, in fact, well now more than five years ago, I had the extreme good fortune of basically being in the right place at the right time where through this podcast and the audience that I have built through the generosity of all of you using my referral code when you were buying your Model 3s back in 2018, I had the extreme good fortune of winning the new Tesla Roadster back in 2018. It was an absolute dream come true. Uh, I probably should have put in my notes what episode that happened on because I could refer you back if you wanted to go listen to me almost cry. Like it was, it's seriously, it's one of the, it's like the, one of the craziest things to ever happen in my life. I mean, my, my wife's the best thing to ever happen to me and my daughter's the best thing to ever happen to me. But in terms of like crazy things to happen in my life in a good way, this is right at the top of the list. And so I have, there's no way I'm not in a, in a, financial position, I guess we'll just put it that way because that's what it is. I would never be able to get the Roadster, the new Roadster, in any other way. There's just no circumstance in life that it would ever be mine. But this, this happened with the referral program. And so it's a complete actual dream come true. Like it's an actual dream scenario. And the, the people that I have told this story to and I'll admit, I honestly, I don't tell the story much anymore because A, I don't want it to come across the wrong way. Like I'm excited about it, but I don't want it to seem, you know, I don't want it to see, seem like I'm bragging or anything like that. You know, I'm trying to err on the side of caution with it. But the, the people that I have told the story to over the years, 
they have all reacted the same way. And that's with stunning disbelief followed by uncontainable excitement. And those, that Roadster is on my account. If you log in to my Tesla account, you see my Model 3 performance, you see Roadster, and you see my Cybertruck reservation. So it's, it's, that's been the most real it's been for the last uh, couple of years. And in fact, the, the car, it didn't even go onto my account until like two years ago, maybe three, but for a while it was just a promise. And now it's at least a promise that lives in my account. So maybe it, it feels a little more real, but anyway, um, this thing is going to be real. And what's what I'm, I couldn't help but laugh at myself about this week is that right when I had just come off this podcast saying that I had lost faith, that I was finally, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't hold on to the optimism anymore, that I just didn't feel like the Roadster was anywhere remotely close to happening. And it's, I, now again, I have to laugh at myself because it's almost like Tesla was listening and, and they are like, okay, well, if, if this guy who's been carrying the torch for this for so long is lost faith, let's, let's uh, reignite that faith. I don't know. Of course, that's not really what happened, but all right. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk more about this car. There is more. So the next post in this, this uh, Twitter thread was, I think it has a shot at being the most mind-blowing product demo of all time. Yes, <laughs> product demo of all time. So this obviously means that when this car is re-revealed up at around the end of this year, per Elon, they're going to demo the SpaceX functionality. So, and and what that looks like and what that totally means we got all we can really do is refer back to his first post in that in the thread where he said if you could even call it a car so we're probably going to see the car hover because both Franz and Elon have talked about that and most people have not taken them seriously on it but they're they don't really joke around with with their capabilities of their cars so I've always believed them. Now, the, the actually building the technology and implementing it in a way to actually do that in a car that's going to be sold to the public is certainly another thing, and that's that's fair if you're skeptical. I I don't hold that. I mean, I I, I give you that. I grant you that. That's that's completely understandable. Um, and what we have previously known about the SpaceX package is that it was going to get the car from zero to 60 in 1.1 seconds. And that figure came from the museum placard that Tesla themselves provided the Peterson Auto Museum back when the next-gen Roadster was displayed there in 2022. I went down to visit it. I took a drive down with my friend Michael uh, just for the day. We, we did it all in one day and had a great time getting to see that car up close and in person. So. Uh, 1.1 seconds. That's ridiculous. That's to say that's impressive is an understatement. 1.1 seconds, unless next tweet, Elon says, quote, zero to 60 miles per hour in less than one second. 
and and then this is still him him tweeting. He says, and that is the least interesting part. End quote. So um, zero to sixty in under a second. I mean, not that I thought this before, but there's simply no way that the SpaceX functionality of the new Tesla Roadster is going to be street legal in any capacity. There, there's there's just no way, of course. But uh, so that is going to use the cold gas thrusters for that to achieve that physics-defying time. And it's assuredly only going to be even possible to enable and use on a closed track. But still, uh, I am probably more interested. I know it's crazy to say I'm more interested in the and that's the least interesting part than it it is the I'm more interested in that than the zero to 60 and under a second part. But that is how I feel. I'm more interested in the, and that is the least interesting part portion of that post, because what does that mean? Are there going to, in fact, as Elon once posted, are there going to be thrusters all around the bottom of the car, some pointing, well, most of them, I guess, pointing out away from the body, uh, and they'll, they'll fire off as you enter corners at otherwise unsafe high speeds that'll quite literally blast you around corners, but safely? I need to know. I cannot wait for this product demo that Elon says could be the greatest product demo of all time. Now, it continued. So while Elon was on this subject, on X, he in fact went back and replied to his own tweets from 2018 on the topic, because all the tweets that I've read you so far were in a brand new Twitter thread. Uh, They were in a brand new thread, but then he went back and found his own couple of tweets from 2018 on this topic. So on June 9th, 2018, he tweeted, quote, SpaceX option package for new Tesla Roadster will include about 10 small rocket thrusters arranged seamlessly around the car. These rocket engines dramatically improve acceleration, top speed, braking, and cornering. Maybe they will even allow a Tesla to fly, dot, dot, dot. Uh, And then the second post uh, in that same thread in 2018 was, 19 years ago, when my first company got bought, I had to decide between buying a house in Palo Alto or a McLaren F1, parentheses, best car ever, in my opinion, IMO. Was no contest. I bought F1 and a small condo that was much cheaper than than the car. New Tesla Roadster will exceed all gas sports cars in every way. So again, those were consecutive posts from 2018. Then this week, he made a new post in that almost six-year-old thread, posting, quote, you will love the new Roadster more than your house. Well, I do love my house because I'm so very grateful to have it, but I also don't doubt Elon that I will, in fact, love the new Tesla Roadster more than I love my house. Um, I, I just got a kick out of that. Now, uh, Elon wasn't quite done. He responded to a couple of people that were... Because, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of folks were responding to this with as much surprise and delight 
as as I experienced. I attempted to get a response from y'all. I, I posted back in response uh, asking if the SpaceX package was now going to be standard equipment on the car. Now that it's been so many years, the Remox Nevera has done everything and more that the original version of the new Tesla Roadster had promised. So that's, and you've heard me speculate about that on this podcast before. I just, for me, it makes a ton of sense for Tesla to make the SpaceX stuff all standard on the new Roadster so that it's just baked into the car, baked into its DNA, that any conversation about that car automatically includes the SpaceX technology and that there aren't, that, that there's not a base model that, you know, probably roughly maybe matches what the Rimac did, you know, again, without the thrusters. Uh, that just doesn't seem like Elon's MO, particularly again, A, after this long, B, after he said they radically increased the new design goals, and C, that the entire point of the Tesla Roadster from the new one, from back at the unveiling, which of course it was the surprise one more thing at the Tesla Semi event back in 2017, the entire point of the new Roadster is to put the smack down on gas-powered cars forever to say EVs are better. There's not a single gasoline car that is better than this Tesla Roadster. So that has been the goal. Again, we'll see if it actually achieves that. And so to me, based on what, you know, what Elon has now stated this week, it make, it would make sense to me that the SpaceX package is all integrated it's just a standard part of the car. And I hope it is because that would also separate it from the Plaid, from the Plaid S, right? Like, sure, the the new Roadster can be quicker from zero to 60. It can be faster at the top end than the 200 mile per hour limit of the Plaid. It can exceed the Plaid, but this is going to be a car that costs at least $250,000. I believe it's probably going to cost at least $300,000 given, again, how much time has passed. They laid out that 250 k price point in 2017. And if they're increasing the design goals, blah, 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 you get where I'm saying here. So they're going to want this Roadster to radically surpass the Plaid rather than just be a, a marginally better open top, two, you know, two seat, well, two plus two seat, but two seat version of a Plaid. Like it's... So I, I think, and I want, maybe I'm speaking optimistically, wishfully here, but I really hope that the SpaceX package is just standard equipment on this car. So uh, getting back to, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there and you'll, you'll have to forgive me. Again, this, this blindsided me and really all of us this week. I just, as you heard on my New Year's predictions show, I didn't think we were gonna hear about the Roadster for quite a while. And I'm just so gleefully happy that we have. So my friend John, who runs the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley Club and its Twitter account, posted in response to Elon, can it fly a little? And Elon responded with the wide eyes emoji, which is suggestive of, yes, (laughs) is what it's suggestive of. Again, he has said this before. He has suggested this before when he had last talked about the new Roadster a number of years ago now. But nevertheless, it's great to hear that that still seems to be part of the plan. Uh, 
Then my friend Farzad posted, son of a blank, you actually are making a rocket on wheels, LMAO, laughing my off. And Elon replied to that saying, of course. So no emoji, just of course. So uh, I'm just, I'm over the moon here that this car is back in Elon's purview and uh, just that, that it's, that it's back. So um, I'm guessing Rocket Man as a license plate is taken in California. R-O-K-T-M-A-N. I'm going to guess that's, that's already taken because that sounds like a great license plate for the new Tesla Roadster. But to finish up in all seriousness here, and by the way, if, if you're tired of hearing about this, I do apologize. I, I knew going in, I was like, I'll bet I'm going to talk about this for 20 minutes. Sure enough, I just, as I said that, cross the 20 minute mark on my recording, but uh, I am just about done and then we'll move on to other topics, I promise. But to finish up in all seriousness here, it's fair to say that if you look at Elon Musk's post history on X in recent months, there aren't a lot of Tesla posts at all, just at all. Then obviously there hadn't been any up until now about the Roadster. So the fact that he got excited enough after this design meeting, which was almost certainly with Franz, that he got excited enough to go on a mini X posting spree about it, that gets me excited because this car has obviously been on the back burner for years and years now. And again, understandably so, as I've talked about, but they just, they need to get this thing done. They need to ship this product that they announced and took substantial deposits from customers from six years ago. So uh, I'm just so happy that, that Elon is, he's excited about it and we have confirmation that the project is finally moving forward. And I simply, if, if, there's, if I have any good karma stored up in this world, I hope I can spend a little bit of it on getting invited to that new, that product re-unveiling that Elon says should happen at the end of this year and that, that greatest product demo ever that will happen at that event. Please, <laughs> if the karma gods are listening, please let me get invited to that event. This is, I, again, as I told you at the top of this segment, I've been waiting over half a decade for this. In fact, by the time this re-unveiling happens, if it's indeed at the end of the year, it will have been seven years since the new Roadster was first unveiled and six years since I had the extraordinary good fortune of winning the car. So it's it's been a long wait. Not that, you know, I know that beggars can't be choosers. You can't You can't look a gift horse in the mouth here. I'm not trying to suggest that in any way. But it's been a long wait, and I can't wait to see the the presumably final production intent car, and on top of that, what it can do. Because it sounds like it can do some absolutely crazy stuff. All right, next up this week, I, as I mentioned last week, I was lucky enough to get full self-driving beta 12, specifically 12.2.1 last weekend, so... I've had it for, I guess, the upwards of two weeks now, and I had my first wow moment with it, uh, and that is this. It steered around a pothole. So, 
At least I'm pretty sure that it did because it that's exactly what it looked like. I wish I'd thought to have saved the video clip, although I'm not sure necessarily the video, you know, that because the, the video camera's up in the, you know, we don't have the lower front bumper camera on the Model 3, on, on any Model 3 right now. Stay tuned for an update on that, though. There's some good news there coming later in the podcast. But, you know, the, the camera from up in the rearview mirror housing might not have shown this very well anyway. But the point here is the pothole that I'm pretty sure it steered around on purpose. What happened was I was, I came up to a, a three-way stop and I was just going straight through which then went right onto a freeway on-ramp. I guess that's not relevant for the story, but just to paint the picture for you. So FSD Beta 12 comes up to the stop sign, lets another car go, and then it starts to go across this little kind of mini intersection and onto this on-ramp. And so it's just a straight shot. But the car, like I saw it with my eyes, there was a pothole. It didn't look like, you know, it wasn't such a big pothole that I was going to manually intervene and steer the car around it. But instead of just going straight and up the on-ramp, the car veered just a little bit to the left and navigated seemingly around this pothole. And I said to my, my, my wife was in the car. I was like, it just steered around a pothole. Did you see that? And so I, I think that's what it did. I can't totally be sure if, if that's, if that was just some freak coincidence that it happened to, just wiggle to the left for some reason, because I can't rule that out, but it sure seemed like it avoided a pothole. I mean, we know that FSD, not even version 12, but it reads turn signals, it, you know, it'll let cars in if they have their signal on ahead of you in the adjacent lane. So it it's learning more and more tricks and skills. So I sure hope that pothole avoidance is a skill that it is now developing. Um, and you know, when I was thinking about this after the fact, I had something of a vision for my ideal future of FSD. Vision sounds like that's too grand of a word, but I had a thought about what I would love to, where I would love to see FSD go in the future. And this thought actually comes from my video game world, my day job, the video game space. And what that vision is, is called Drivatars. And if you're a gamer, if you've played any of the Forza Motorsport and or the Forza Horizon games from over the years, they're on Xbox, they're now on PC as well. And in fact, the Drivatars have been included in the Forza games since Forza Motorsport 4 back in 2011. So if you're familiar with the, the you know last decade of Forza games, you know what the drive atars are. And if you're not familiar, that's okay. Essentially, what happens is the game learns how you race, whether you're super aggressive, how you like to take corners, etc. And then what it does is it takes those driving habits and then it drops your drive atar into your friend's offline races. So even though you're even if you're not playing together live in real time online, your, the AI representation of you is uploaded to the servers and downloaded into the, the, the games of the people on your friends list. So 
your friends see their friends, you know, the, the AI ghosts of them, if you will, in their game. And so it's made to kind of simulate what a what an actual live multiplayer race would feel like. And um, and it and it works actually quite well. Like it's it's a pretty impressive feature that they've honed over the years. And so it it's what I would like to see is to take that very brilliant feature, that brilliant idea in the Forza games, and ultimately see Tesla's FSD become the real world version of it. Because you know, all of us have different driving styles, right? Like take me for instance. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about myself as a driver. I don't like to do a lot of lane changing. On the freeway, I usually sit in the second lane from the left because I don't want to hold up people who want to go in the passing lane and go faster than me. And I typically sit at 73 miles an hour on the freeway in a 65. And that's typically enough that I'm going faster than the people in the rightmost couple of lanes but people in the left lane will go faster, and I figure, well, they'll get the speeding ticket if there's going to be a if there's a, a cop sitting up there, right? So that's kind of that's generally my my freeway driving habit. And then when it's time for me to get off the freeway, I like to get over to the far right lane a good bit before my exit. I'm not talking miles, but like like a mile out, I like to try and just casually make my way over so that it doesn't become super stressful for me as the as the exit's getting super close. So stuff like that, right? Those kind of habits, those kind of behaviors are what I'd like to see one day in a Tesla tar, if you will. I'm open, very open to better names, by the way. A Tesla tar that mimics my driving style when I activate FSD and my preferences, while while being safe, of course. That goes without saying. So the idea being that when FSD is on, it feels more like me driving than some robot that does some things that I don't like it to do, which is how it is today, right? That FSD, I mean, you've seen it on the freeway. If your exit is in a mile, it will not get over to the far right lane until... It hits, it's going from 0.6 miles to 0.5. You can watch it. It's robotic. It's every single time. Even though, let's say when there was 0.8 miles to go, there was a nice big gap where you could just easily get over and FSD will wait until, again, 0.5 when then, oh, traffic's bunched up and it's got to try and nudge its way in there. And it's just, you know, some people are totally nonplussed by that and they're not bothered. I get a little stressed out. I get a little anxious with that stuff. Again, everybody's different. We're all different, right? So that's what I'm talking about. I would love to see FSD one day evolve to mimic unique, our our own unique driving behaviors and apply them when FSD is enabled within the confines of full safety, right? So am I crazy here? Would anybody else like this? Does this sound like a totally nutty idea? Anyway, uh, let me get back to your Tesla news for the week, because that was just a random anecdote. But hopefully you found it interesting since uh, it, I think it's hopefully of use to you since oddly version 12 still has not rolled out wide. And maybe it will have by the time this episode is is live. But that that was my recent really cool version 12 experience. Next this week, 
Some bad news that Tesla gave us the heads up on for once. You may have already seen this in your Tesla app earlier this week. Model Y prices went up this week on March 1st and the app warned us all week long, right in, right in, if you were on the home screen of the app in that sort of promotional banner there near the top, it said, you know, Model Y prices increasing on March 1st, which was no doubt in an effort to drive some more Model Y orders from folks that were on the fence. If you're curious what the increase was, it was $1,000 on the standard Model Y and $1,000 increase on the long range. So those two Model Y now start at $44,000 and $49,000 respectively. And that price is before the point of sale federal tax credit if you're eligible for that. The performance Model Y's price did not change. It's still $52,500. So that means it is now only a $3,500 gap between the long range Y and the performance Y. And that I suspect is going to tempt a lot of people to just up, go ahead and upgrade to the performance at that point. Though, worth considering here, you could also buy the long range, get a bit more range uh, from the smaller wheels, and then buy the acceleration boost for $2,000 in your Tesla app, which will get you a nice chunk of the way towards the performance's acceleration, but with those cheaper, longer-lasting tires and, again, the greater range than the performance Model Y that has the 21-inch wheels on it. So just some food for thought if you're considering a Model Y. Although on that note, if like me, you are not a fan of the standard 19-inch Gemini wheels that are on the Model Y and would instead maybe want to do what I just said but upgrade to the 20-inch induction wheels, which I think look really nice. So if you want to do the 20-inch induction wheels on the long range, well, those wheels cost $2,000. And so it turns out that for the moment, buying a long range Model Y with the 20 inch wheels and then buying the acceleration boost, which again, doesn't get you all the way to the 3.5 second zero to 60 of the performance Y is actually more money than just getting the performance Model Y. It's $500 more. So a little bit of a strange pricing quirk there. Next this week, a bit more slightly bad news, and then I promise the bad news is over for the duration of the podcast. I am sorry to do this, but many of you are eagerly awaiting your Cybertrucks, and you deserve to know this. So, this news comes courtesy of our white hat hacker friend, Green the Only, who posted this on X, quote, So I poked at a Cybertruck a little bit, and he's referring to the, the software, the internals of it. The big display, is, which is the 18-inch main center display, is 2650 by 1440 resolution. And he notes that SNX is 2200 by 1300. It's a one-inch smaller screen. It's 17-inch. And he says the rear display is 1440 by 900. That's the second row screen. And he says, same as SNX, but SNX is limited to 1280 by 720 in software. So that's actually all good, right? 
you've got a proper 1440p display up front and a nice crisp 1440x900 display for the second row passengers in the Cybertruck. That's not the bad news. That's all good news. Here's the little bit of bad news, and it is minor. I, maybe, I, maybe I freaked you out. I should have maybe worded that a little more softly, but here's the bad news that I was getting at. Green says, quote, while Steam support is part of the firmware, same as SNX, it's not showing up for anybody with the Cybertruck because today the car computer is roughly the same spec as the modern 3 and Y and original SNX refresh, only 8 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, DGPU presence unclear, parentheses probably not there, question mark, unless the requirements for Steam get less strict in the future, he says it currently requires 16 gigs of RAM, Cybertruck owners might need to replace slash upgrade their car computers to get Steam similarly to how early Plaid users need to do it today, and I think it's not free either. So thank you very much to Green for clarifying that, and we've already been talking about video games on this podcast. It is a bummer that Tesla's not pulling that, uh, putting, pardon me, that full Steam library into their apocalypse-proof tank, because it sure would be nice to have video games available to you. Like the Cybertruck gives you so much already, it would be great to have Steam in there, but maybe Tesla will upgrade it at some point so that every Cybertruck does have that extra RAM needed for the Steam functionality. But honestly, I wouldn't hold my breath for it, and I say that because of the production volume intention for Cybertruck, right? It's supposed to be a 250,000 unit a year vehicle for Tesla, and that's probably too high a volume for Tesla to go ahead and, and make that investment with the extra RAM for a feature that, if I'm being honest, a lot of people probably, in fact, by a lot of people, I mean probably seriously 95%, maybe even more of Tesla Cybertruck owners would never use the Steam functionality. So I get it, but it is still a little bit of a bummer that the Cybertruck has the biggest center main display, the highest resolution, and it's it's so close to having the hardware to do the Steam gaming library, but not quite. In slightly better Cybertruck news, my friend Arash Malik posted his friend's sentry mode video and what that video showed, I know that you're going to be like, wait, this is better news, but stay with me. His friend's Cybertruck lived up to the Cybertruck's claims of being the toughest truck out there. So the sentry mode cameras showed what we refer to here in the San Francisco Bay Area as a bipper. If you've not heard this term, it's short for break-in professionals. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I, that I'm, I'm not going to get into it anymore because there's a whole, that's a whole other discussion, particularly as it pertains to the San Francisco Bay Area. But so there was a bipper that approached Arash's friend's Cybertruck, which was parked on the street at night. And this criminal, this bipper scurried up to the Cybertruck and he smacked his glass breaking tool on the driver's side rear window, either hoping there was something good on the front seat that they could steal or, or they actually saw something. 
So, um, tried to break the glass to, to break into the Cybertruck and rob the Cybertruck owner. But here's where the good news comes in. I mean, it's, it's, it's good news wrapped in bad news, I acknowledge, but nevertheless, there's a, it's, it's the ray of sunshine here. The big surprise for this ne'er-do-well is that the glass didn't break. Ha ha. Unfortunately, the bipper then tried the driver's side front window. I say unfortunately, and I'll, I'll get to why in a second. The driver's side front window didn't break either. Then, either out of frustration or perhaps an absolutely desperate attempt to get into this truck, I don't know if there was like a pot of gold sitting in there or what, but the bipper climbed up on top of the truck and apparently jumped up and down a couple times on the roof glass. Now, there, we can't see video of this because Sentry doesn't capture that, uh, but the aftermath is, is how we know that this person jumped up and down a couple times on the roof glass. It did not give. This bipper then ran off empty-handed. So that's the good news. It wasn't a total victory for the Cybertruck because both the side windows on the driver's side and the roof glass cracked. But I confirmed with Arash, who, had, who texted his friend when I asked, that the side, both of those side windows were still operational. They could go up and down. So yes, it still sucks because this is going to be an insurance claim on three of the Cybertruck's seven pieces of glass, and it's going to cost some money, you know, whatever the, the Arash's friend's deductible is. And given how new the Cybertruck is, it could be a while before that replacement glass can be shipped out from Giga Texas out to the owners near a service center to be installed. Hopefully not, but I, I, I say that with some experience because I had to wait a good six weeks or so for a windshield on my Model 3 when a rock cracked it on the interstate over the holidays six months into my ownership period. So this happened right in the end of December, beginning of January of 2019. Again, I'd had the car for six months, but technically the Model 3 had been in production for a year and a half at that point, and it still took six weeks to get a windshield. So I hope that uh, Arash's friend here is able to get his Cybertruck glass replaced sooner than that. And again, still an expense, still a definitely an inconvenience of having to take it to the service center and have that work done. But the Cybertruck did stay tough. It did not let that criminal person, I wanted to use a different word there, did not let that criminal, it kept the criminal out of the truck. So that's pretty darn cool. Um, and I, I know the pessimistic view of this, you might be thinking, well, the bippers are probably just going to get better tools that are capable of going through thicker glass or tougher glass. And maybe that's true. Hopefully it's not. But at least for a while, and certainly in this case, that criminal did not get inside that owner's Cybertruck. So score one for the Cybertruck. Okay, we're already 42 minutes. I've got so much more to go. This is going to be a long episode. And hopefully you don't mind. I hope all of you that are very kindly and generously backing my efforts here with Ride the Lightning week in and week out 
If you're backing me on Patreon at that $10 per month tier or higher, this week's lightning round mini episode, I hope you got a chance to enjoy it. It was about my thoughts on the new EV supercar that was just announced at the beginning of this week by Chinese automaker BYD. So I, I gave my thoughts on that. And I think it's probably quite the coincidence. I know you, you might disagree, but I just thought it was pretty funny that it's probably a coincidence that I think it was a day later is when Elon came out of his meeting and started posting on, on X about the new Tesla Roadster. So I maybe they're tied together. Maybe, maybe BYD spurred Elon on and which, you know what, if, if that's the case, thank you BYD for doing what, what me whining on this podcast for years has not been able to do which is get the Cybertruck, the Cybertruck, the Roadster Project back in gear. So again, a friendly reminder that this podcast, I bring it to you every single week. I'm really proud of, of uh, the fact that I've been able to continue doing that for over eight consecutive years. I put a lot of research, a lot of time, a lot of love, a lot of enthusiasm into this podcast each week. So if you're willing, if you're able to support my efforts here uh, with Ride the Lightning, you can back me on Patreon. My Patreon page is found at patreon.com slash Podcast, And the support tiers start at just five bucks a month. For that five bucks a month, you'll get early access to each week's podcast. Basically, as soon as I upload it here, uh, usually on late Friday nights, you can get immediate access to it. And then if you jump up to that $10 per month tier, that's the most popular tier. You get the early access each week and you get the entire back catalog of those lightning round mini episodes. Plus, of course, any episode I do every single week. As long as you're pledging, you get access to all those. There are currently 85 of those up there. So goodness knows how many hours of content that is at this point. But there's a nice... There's a nice stash of goodies there uh, for as a way for me to say thank you if you're if you're uh, able to back me on Patreon. So uh, annual pledges, if you just want to pledge once per year rather than every single month, you can do an annual pledge. And if you do that, I give you a 10% discount on that annual pledge. And don't forget that Patreon also has a free seven-day trial on that $10 per month tier. If you'd like to just try it out, without any actual financial commitment. So please check out my Patreon page one more time. It's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All right, before I continue here, I want to just take a quick pause and remind you that, believe me, I have a lot more to go. So don't worry, there's plenty more Ride the Lightning to come. But real quick, I want to mention Accelerate Auto, the wonderfully kind folks who offer that excellent extended warranty policy for your Tesla It is, on paper, it is better than Tesla's policy. It does everything Tesla's own extended warranty policy does and more. I'm a big fan of it. I have it on my car. I've used it a couple times now. The reimbursement, submitting your claim, super easy. The payment, you get reimbursed very quickly. Uh, It's been great. I have a three-year, 40,000-mile extended warranty policy. So that's 40,000 additional miles from when my warranty expired, my factory warranty expired at 50. So I'm covered till 90,000. 
uh, or or three years, whichever three more years, whichever comes first. So you can customize a plan uh, of your liking that works for you and for your car. If you want to, you know, add one year or add ten years. If you want to cover the entire car, if you want to cover the entire car plus the battery and powertrain, or if you want to cover just the battery and drivetrain, Xcare can do that. It's you know it's very flexible. Check them out. The website is X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. So XceleratoAuto.com slash Xcare. And if you are going to purchase a policy, use the discount code LIGHTNING, and that will give you $100 off your purchase. All right, back to the Tesla news. There is still so much more to go. In pretty much any other week, in fact, this was going to be the top story this week until until Elon just dropped the Roadster update out of the sky for me. And that story is this, another thing to get super excited about, the Model 3 Performance, the new one, was spotted uncovered, completely uncovered. You can see the whole thing during a promotional video shoot in Spain this past week. Now, I saw this posted on Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt's X account, but the full credit goes to Desmond Wisely, who is at Desi Wisely, W-I-S-L-E-Y, on X, who wrote, New Model 3 Plaid being filmed in Valencia, Spain, along with a 19-second video that he clearly snuck because he wasn't supposed to, where we can see a little bit of the front of the car, and it's ultra-red in this particular version. We can see the entire side of the car, including the new 20-inch performance wheels, and we get to see, uh, we get a great look at the entire back end of the new Performance Model 3 as well. So my thoughts, besides, I'm just very politely here going to correct Desmond, that it's not a Model 3 Plaid. This is not a three-motor car. It's uh, the Model 3 Ludicrous. We'll get to that in a second. But my honest thought, and I'm honest, I'm a little sad to say this, and and I, I will say I'm reserving judgment, of course, until I really see it in person, but it's not quite as aggressive or different from the regular Highland Model 3 as I had hoped. Now, that's not to say I don't like it, I'm not saying that at all. It is quite nice. I do like it. I just wanted, I wanted more. I'm going to be honest. I wanted to see a little bit more. Now, again, you can only see a little bit of the front fascia. So you don't get a a total clear picture of how different the front is, but from what the sort of side bit, little bit of the front we can see is the front of the car doesn't look too different. Now, on the sides, we already know that the side of the new Model 3 is almost, well, from door, from the back of the of the rear door to the front of the front door, it's identical. So it's it's very, very similar uh, on, on the side. But the reason I bring up the side of the, the new Highland Model 3 performance is because you get a great look at the new 20-inch performance wheels, which are very for lack of a better term, arrow-y. Though, with enough gaps in the arrow-y fins, 
that you can definitely see the larger red brake calipers behind them. And if the tone of my voice hasn't already given it away, my honest reaction, again, from first glance, it's not a totally clear look. I'm not definitely not, it's not an in-person look, but these wheels, I'm not liking them. I'm not feeling it. Now, obviously Tesla is trying to balance performance looks, but with some decent aero efficiency, but for my tastes, and it is my tastes and my tastes alone, on a performance model Tesla, I would rather the design team lean way more heavily into the cool look of the wheels and of the car overall and take the efficiency hit. Now, I like my zero-G wheels way more, like way, way more then I like these new, I'm just going to call them performance aero wheels for now. At first glance, I like my mine quite a, bit, a lot more. So we'll again, see what they look like in person. And once there are nice, proper, high resolution images of them, but first glance, eh, not, not feeling them. Now, finally, the rear end of the car. So the rear diffuser, which is the bit down, like sort of the lower bottom part of the, the back. It looks really good. It's definitely a bit more aggressive looking. Now, the spoiler, uh, which is located in the same place, you know, the, the edge of the trunk lid, same, it's located in the same place it is now. The spoiler is still fairly subtle, but it looks to be a tad larger and a tad more aggressive looking than the pretty plain carbon fiber lip on my car, the old Performance Model 3. And then there's one other thing in the back of the new Performance 3 to mention, and that is the badge. So this had come up from when I was talking about a, a, a parts catalog leak. This was what, maybe a month ago, something like that, maybe two months. But the back of the new Performance Model 3 does not say dual motor with a red underline anymore. It has a flag on it, a ludicrous flag, not the plaid flag. You can tell that it's not the rectangular plaid flag badge because on the plaid badge, there are horizontal lines in addition to the vertical ones to kind of give it that plaid look. So the ludicrous, it's just the kind of hyperspeed look. So the lines are all going like towards the center of the badge, basically. And and by the way, if if you've never if you're if all of this is making you go, wait, where are these names coming from anyway? If because if you're a, if you're a younger listener, you, you might not know. So go watch Spaceballs, which is Mel Brooks's 1987 parody of Star Wars. Classic parody, classic film to this day. And that's where ludicrous mode comes from. That's where plaid comes from. And it's th they are Mel Brooks's riffs on light speed or hype, whatever. And now I'm now hyperspace. I gosh, now I'm blank. I have clearly I haven't seen the original Star Wars movies in a little while, but it's a riff on the the you know high speed in uh, in Star Wars. So it the ludicrous badge is clearly different looking 
even even evident in this video than the plaid badge. But anyway, I suspect that because Tesla is going with this ludicrous flag badge, that they are in fact going to call it the Model 3 Ludicrous, just as the Model S and Model X plaid are called the Model S and Model X plaid. And because of that, if they are going to call this thing the Ludicrous, it really makes me feel extremely, extremely confident that we are getting some kind of performance bump on this new Performance Model 3. It's just a question of how much and whether it's just a 0 to 60 bump or if we'll also get a 60 to 100 mile per hour bump too. In other words, if we're going to get that sustained pull after 60 that the Plaid has that just makes it absolutely unholy with its power, if you've ever had a chance to experience it as either a driver or a passenger. Now, granted, this Model 3 Ludicrous is only going to have two motors instead of the Plaid's three motors, but it could still have a more sustained power curve after 60 miles an hour if it's got, as rumored from a while back, if it's got that carbon-sleeved front motor straight out of the Model S Plaid. So, fingers crossed, here's hoping that that's exactly what's going to happen. So again, overall, at first glance, and again, admittedly not an in-person proper look, but it's a social media video, doesn't show every angle of the car. I think I was probably came off pretty harsh towards it. I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I do. It's, it's not that I just wouldn't buy it. It's not like I look at it and go, oh, no, awful. No way. I do like it. I just was hoping for something a little bit more distinct looking. So for my personal situation, it's not tempting me to pivot away from my plan to buy the Cybertruck, at least for now. But if its performance specs are eye-popping enough, I can't rule it out. I will definitely be booking a test drive as soon as Tesla offers them. So uh, the poll question, the Patreon poll question for this week, again, a reminder, you do not need to be backing me on Patreon in order to vote in each, each week's poll. You can just go and vote for free. Totally no, no pressure whatsoever. Go to my page, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast and vote in each week's poll. They typically go up on Tuesdays. I put this one up on Monday, which of course means then the Roadster stuff broke on Tuesday. I probably would have made the poll about Roadster, but that's okay because this is a good poll. This was, I was eager to hear what all of you thought about the looks of this new Performance Model 3. I linked to the video in the Patreon poll post. And so I asked you simply, what do you think of the new Model 3 Performance's looks? 50% of you who voted said, I love it. 21% said, I'm indifferent to it. So I think that's that's a, not an insignificant percentage of voters. 14% said, I like it, but not all of it, such as the wheels, front fascia, or rear fascia. And if I'm being honest, I think that's the category I would have voted in. I would have joined the 14% the group there. For another 14% of you said, I don't care what it looks like, just show me the performance specs. And hey, full respect on that. 
Can't argue with you choosing that one. And only 1% of you said, I don't like it. So everybody, we all seem to be on the same page that we all like it. It's just a question of how much, where on the like scale are we? And and some of us are in different places with it. A couple of the comments on this one, I just think are interesting. Uh, uh, Rollin Frackleton wrote, wheels are a bit odd. Not sure if I like them. Overall, the car doesn't look much different than the regular Highland 3. Slightly disappointed. Uh, And then, just again, to show you that we all have different tastes on this stuff, Anthony Walker commented, I do love the looks, but it looks a little too aggressive for my taste. I still prefer the looks of my OG Model 3 and likely won't buy the new one anytime soon. Uh, Don uh, Rudy said, nope on the wheels, everything else thumbs up, especially the ludicrous badge. And there were a few other comments, but that's a good little sampling there for you. So thank you to everybody that took the time to vote and or comment on this week's Patreon poll. Next up this week, as I cross the one hour mark, (laughs) I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun. I hope, uh, yeah, that's all. I hope you're having fun. I'm having fun doing this episode. Remember those barn find original Tesla Roadsters with zero miles on them? Remember how the buyer, there was supposedly a buyer lined up to pay $2 million for all three and then it fell through? Well, we've got an update on this and it is one heck of a plot twist. This is a straight out of Hollywood level plot twist. I would even personally call it a stomach churning plot twist. Hear me out. The question that I will now pose to you is, did proud and renowned Tesla FSD hater Dan O'Dowd buy these three barn find roadsters? Yes. Yes, he did. I want to say thank you to listener Tyler Hilliard for flagging this story to me. And the story comes from a video on the What's Inside YouTube channel. They're a pretty big channel. They got a lot of subscribers. Good stuff on there. Good content. What, and I'll, I'll link to this in the, video, in the episode description, by the way, because I, I do encourage you to go watch this. So What's Inside, Dan is the name of the gentleman that runs that channel. Dan went to Carl Medlock's Roadster Repair Shop in Seattle, the Seattle area. It's Medlock and Sons is the name of his shop. I think I've mentioned it here on the podcast before because there's, there's Medlock and Sons in the Seattle area and there's Gruber, uh, Gruber Motors down in the Phoenix area. Those are the two Roadster spe- uh, specific shops that in, in the United States that do nothing but work on the original Tesla Roadster. Anyway, so Dan from What's Inside YouTube channel Got, went down to Carl Medlock's Roadster shop in Seattle to see these cars, because that's where they are right now, and get the story straight from Carl Medlock. So, when I first heard about this, because it was, again, it was Tyler, Tyler's tweet just linked, it, linked me to it and didn't tell me in the tweet that Dan O'Dowd, Tesla FSD hater extraordinaire, had bought the, the cars. So I, I was like, wait, what, what is this? What is this going to be? So, uh, cause I thought he was joking. I honestly thought Tyler was, he said, I think he said something like, you know, 
you'll never guess who bought these, Dan O'Dowd. I, I literally was like, Tyler's just pulling my leg here. And then I click on the video and I watch the, the video. It's nine minutes long. It's not, it's not too long. So many YouTube videos nowadays are just like eternally long to get the watch time up for, to feed the algorithm. It's, you know, the whole thing. I, I don't necessarily hold it personally against people, but I, I say that because this What's Inside video was a nice, tight nine minutes and all nine minutes were well spent. So uh, I, before I clicked on the video, I thought, I thought, oh no, 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 this can't be real. Dan, and if it is real, Dan O'Dowd hates Tesla enough that he might just disassemble these three roadsters and throw the parts in the ocean just to spite Elon Musk and just to spite the Tesla community. And if you're listening to this going, wait a minute, who's, what do you mean Dan O'Dowd, Tesla hate? Well, who are you talking about? Google Dan O'Dowd, Tesla. And O'Dowd is O apostrophe D-O-W-D. Dan O'Dowd. This dude has a burning hatred for, it turns out, not Tesla overall, but specifically, he has the fire of a thousand suns burning in his belly of hatred for FSD, for full self-driving, for Tesla's autonomous driving project. And you see, Dan O'Dowd made his billions. That's, that's, this guy's a billionaire. Dan O'Dowd made his billions with a company that he owns called Green Hills Software. He's been the president and the CEO since it was founded in 1982. That's a long time ago. And this company, what it does is it creates software for things like military vehicles, fighter jets, all kinds of stuff including things like autopilot, like autopilot-like, like actual, literal autopilot. So that's, that's what Dan is up to. That's where he's made his money. And he seemingly, I can't say this with fact because I haven't heard it directly from Dan, but he seemingly sees Tesla's FSD project as a competitor to his company. But... What I can definitely say is that Dan hates Tesla's FSD effort so much that he has taken out full page ads in the New York Times to spread FUD about FSD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And in a very specific region, this was not a national ad buy, but I believe it was, it was uh, specifically in the, in the DC, Washington DC region, a month ago at the Super Bowl, he took out a Super Bowl ad that aired in the D.C. area that was a hit piece against FSD that tried to show how supposedly unsafe it was. He had footage of a Model 3 operating on FSD failing to stop in time for a, you know, a fake pedestrian child. And it's, the car just slams into the kid. Now... His video footage has already been debunked. That the, he was he was not uh, genuine. He was being disingenuous in his in what he was presenting, and in fact, NHTSA itself, yes, the United States government, had to come out and say that they were not affiliated with Dan O'Dowd's commercial after the commercial 
name-dropped Nitsa, or perhaps it was their logo. I don't recall the end of the ad now, but it, it, it referenced the government. And Nitsa came out and said, hey, nope, we are not affiliated with this. So you can specifically look up the Dawn Project, the Dawn Project, if you're curious, because that's what Dan O'Dowd has named his anti-FSD crusade. You know what? Better yet, don't Google that, because if you do and you go down that rabbit hole, you might just find yourself wanting to repeatedly slam your head into the nearest wall for about 10 minutes until you stop thinking about Dan O'Dowd and the Dawn Project. But anyway, um, some maybe now, hopefully now, you see why my initial reaction to Dan O'Dowd buying these three historic Teslas is one of terror because I am a Tesla fan who, as you've heard me say on this podcast before, believes that these three barn find cars should be preserved in a museum. Yes, insert Indiana Jones clip here. But the fact, could the fact, I should say, could the fact that Dan O'Dowd sent these cars to Medlock and Sons in Seattle after buying them, again, Medlock and Sons being the incredibly talented roadster repair shop run by former Tesla roadster technician at Tesla, Carl Medlock, could this be a good sign that maybe Dan isn't all bad? Well, here's what Dan from What's Inside, so not Dan O'Dowd, other Dan, here's what Dan from What's Inside said and, and talked to Carl Medlock about it. Take a listen to this short clip. This really Dan O'Dowd, really Dan O'Dowd owns this. Dan O'Dowd's a really nice guy, and he does, he's and he I know he comes across on the internet of being a Tesla hater, but the reality is he owns five of these cars. He owns the three China China Five. Yep, he owns the three China Roadsters and he has two radiant red of this color um, that he has in California. Yes, you heard that right. Seeming Tesla hater Dan O'Dowd has two Tesla Roadsters and now he has five of them. So I will admit I was a little hesitant at first to believe that Dan O'Dowd's a nice guy. But hey, Carl's, I trust Carl. Carl's a nice guy. Carl's a good guy. He's been doing right by the Tesla community for many years. And so... If Dan O'Dowd already has two other Roadsters, Teslas that obviously don't have FSD on them, never had FSD on them, and never will have FSD on them, then maybe this isn't so terrible after all. If Dan O'Dowd has a soft spot for the Roadster, and now he's got these three total historic barn finds as well. But what about the big question here? What's going to become of these historical cars? Is he going to live stream himself chopping them up into little pieces and dumping them into the ocean? Well, Dan from What's Inside asked Carl that very question. What is it that makes this thing valuable in your opinion, other than the China Roadster story? The certificate of origin for the manufacturer is really critical in particular with these three cars. These are the only three Roadsters that I'm aware of in the world that have never been titled, which means these cars have had zero owners legally since they were built. Do you have to title them now? Does the owner that currently has them have to title them or only if he wants to drive them? Only if he wants to license them and, t and put them on the road. Is he going to do that? He is not going to do that. These cars are going to go in a museum. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's sweet. Well, that is a huge relief, though, again, perhaps you'll forgive me if I'm taking a bit of an I'll believe it when I see it stance with Mr. O'Dowd here, who, by the way, 
tweeted this after this video came out. Dan O'Dowd said, quote, I'm pleased to announce that I bought the three quote unquote lost Tesla Roadsters that were found in a shipping container in China. I named them Brandy, Fandy, and Nandy to go with the original two, Candy and Mandy. Thankfully, Elon Musk's defective self-driving software isn't installed, end, end quote. He also tweeted, quote, once you drive a Tesla Roadster, you won't want to travel by car any other way. It's fast, beautiful, and nimble. Take the top off, crank up the music, and drive. Pure joy every day for 13 years, end quote. So hopefully these cars will indeed go into a museum because they should be preserved and they should be kept together. So again, I highly encourage you to watch the entire nine-minute What's Inside video. It shows off the condition of the three cars, which in short, the factory-installed PPF pieces on sort of key areas of the, the, the body are completely cracked and shot, but that can be taken care of by a professional detailer. And in fact, the batteries are bricked, but that can be sorted out as well. So great work here by Dan at What's Inside. I tweeted him that exact thing. I said, just want to make sure to call you out, sir. Good work getting this story. I've got one more story for you this week. I know I've already been talking for quite a while, but busy week, exciting week. And this story is exciting as well. We end on another high note here. Model S and Model X have some fun changes coming. Production starting today, these fun changes happen. So this comes via Tesla Scope, who, in my humble opinion, has credibly reported on this kind of thing before. Tesla Scope tweeted, quote, starting in March for the first time ever, the Model S and X will begin delivering with RGB ambient lighting, a front bumper camera, and other changes. Front bumper camera, yes. Okay, the ambient lighting is a nice little thing that brings it in line with the Cybertruck and with the new Model 3. Let's pivot back to the front bumper camera because that is significant. As I had said, after I was so fortunate to get to drive the Cybertruck for three days, that lower front bumper camera fixes what removing the ultrasonic sensors broke. This is huge for SNX because it will allow SNX owners to park and maneuver in tight spaces with a heck of a lot more confidence than they've had for the last, whatever it is now, year and a half, two years since the ultrasonic sensors were gotten rid of. I mean, the Model S in particular, if you've seen it sort of in real life, you know that it's got a pretty long hood. So the S in particular, I think, will, will benefit quite a lot from this, though the X obviously does as well. Now, two more things here, the two thoughts that come to mind. Number one, will the Model 3 and Model Y eventually get this front bumper camera too? The answer is yes, if Tesla Scope's sources are to be believed. And again, they've been credible on this stuff in the past, so I am inclined to believe them here. They responded to someone asking that very question in response to their post on X, and they said, quote, the three will get it relatively soon, but no firm dates yet. 
No insight on the why, but we assume within the next year or so. So uh, that's that's the end of the quote from Tesloscope. And while we're, by the way, talking about the Roadster today, since this is this is Roadster Day, I've been waiting for it for years. The Roadster darn well better have the lower front bumper camera, but thankfully it should. I mean, they're not going to put ultrasonic sensors on the supercar or anything at this point. They have clearly walked away from those. And the front lip of the next-gen Roadster, whatever it ultimately looks like in its final form, it's going to be really low, and it's probably going to be carbon fiber, so it's going to be somewhat delicate. The Roadster's going to need that front bumper camera as much as the other cars do, if not more. So hopefully Tesla's going to do the right thing on the low-volume, high-price Roadster and make sure that extra camera gets on there. But the fact that they are definitely adding it to, it's going to be now on three of the five cars, three of the five current cars, and it looks like it's coming to a fourth one, the new three, sooner rather than later, and the Model Y a little further down the road. That bodes very well that it'll be on the Roadster when the Roadster finally hits in another, you know, roughly two years or so. And then the other thought that I had uh, on this topic as I close out the news for this week what are the other changes that Tesla Scope's talking about? They clearly must be fairly minor since they weren't specifically detailed, but I am nevertheless very interested. I mean, I doubt it would be something as significant as, say, steer by wire, or, because that would be called out specifically, I would imagine, if, if SNX were switching over to that. But, hey, fingers crossed that it's steer by wire, because... Those two cars should get steer-by-wire. They, they're in the, the price bracket to, to do so, and they, they Tesla, as Elon's always said, the SNX will get our newest tech first. And, well, they didn't in this case. The model, the, the Cybertruck got it, but hopefully steer-by-wire is coming to SNX soon. But anyway, we'll find out what the uh, other things are, what the other changes end up being. All right, that is it for what might be the longest news segment in the history of this podcast in 448 episodes. Thanks for hanging in there with me. I'm going to take a very short musical, well, not musical, uh, uh, I'm going to throw it to Franz von Holzhausen to give me a quick breather, and then I will come back and do a couple of your phone calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. Stay tuned right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your chance to call in and potentially be featured here on the podcast. I welcome and encourage you to call in. Uh, this week, there's any number of things you might want to call in in response to, whether it's the Roadster, whether it's the SNX getting the front bumper camera as of uh, today. Well, yeah, as I'm recording March 1st, that's when the production changeover was supposed to happen today. So, which means if you have a, if you haven't got, if you have an SNX order in, but don't have a VIN yet, you will probably, like you have a good chance of getting the front bumper camera and the ambient lighting. If you already have a VIN though, that means your car was probably built in February, probably, but not necessarily. It's gonna be close, so we'll see. I I can't wait to see what, uh, what the full deal is with the SNX. Anyway, you might wanna call in and talk about lots of stuff. So if 
that is of interest to you, I welcome and invite you to call in and participate in the podcast. You can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is simply teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number that you can dial anytime is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Here is Doug from Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Ryan. This is Doug from Fort Worth, Texas. And I had a question uh, for the listeners out there. Um, wondering if anybody has gotten their teenager a Tesla. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm sure some of them have gotten a brand new Tesla those that can afford it for their kid. Um, I was looking at it for my daughter, maybe a 2013, 14 Model S. Um, and ultimately, she didn't want that for some reason. I guess I haven't raised her right. Uh, but uh, my son is definitely interested. He's three years from now, and hopefully by that time, I'll, I uh, number in line will come up for the Cybertruck, and I'll just give him my Model 3. Anyway, um you see a lot of benefits to giving a teenager a Tesla um, with uh, safety, obviously, uh, the driver assist options. Um, and then the second question I would have is what kind of attributes can Tesla do from a software standpoint to help teenagers be better drivers? You know, whether it's something as extreme as geofencing or um you know, I know that we can limit the speed, but there's some sort of parental controls that we could put on a Tesla that that would help our teenage drivers. So anyway, just a discussion topic I was thinking, um, and uh, have a great day. Doug, thanks so much for your call. I am sure you've done a tremendous job raising your daughter. I know you're joking around. I mean, I, in all seriousness, though, I meet more and more kids who aren't even necessarily interested in driving at all when they're, you know, turning 16, when they're teenagers. My 20-year-old nephew is in college, and he has yet to get his driver's license. He's not interested. I will say, conversely, his brother, my 17-year-old nephew, couldn't wait to get his driver's license. So, I don't know, it does it does seem like there's maybe a little bit of a generational shift. Uber could be a factor in that, and uh, maybe the sort of micro, like, last-mile commute stuff with the electric scooters. I don't know. It's some interesting, interesting thing to think about. Anyway, uh, with your situation, safety is certainly number one, right? I mean, teenagers are probably the worst drivers on the road statistically. I don't have the statistics. I don't actually know. But I would surmise that because they lack experience. When I think back to when I first started driving, I, that was probably the worst version of myself as a driver. Now, there may come a time much later in life where I regress back to that, although thanks to the efforts of, of uh, Elon Musk and the autopilot team, 
against, you know, it'll be Dan O'Dowd spinning in his grave. But thanks to Tesla's efforts, when when I'm super old, I will hopefully have a full self, a reliable, safe, full self-driving electric Tesla that'll just take me wherever I want to go and allow me to live a full mobile lifestyle. Anyway, uh, the experience factor, though, that's that's what makes the lack of experience is what makes a teenager a poorer driver. I'm not saying all teenagers are bad drivers, but a, you know, a poorer driver than they probably will be after two, three, four years of gaining experience behind the wheel. So thus having a safe car is paramount if they were to make a mistake or if someone else makes a mistake and hits them because that, you know, adults, even with driving experience, are not perfect drivers. Mistakes happen. Things happen. So I wanted to tell you that I think that your idea of having software-based driving tips and or more in-depth instructions in like in the car on the screen, brilliant idea. I, I think Tesla should do that. That is awesome. Now, you're definitely not the first parent to wish for a teenager mode that limits the power of the car and puts other guardrails on it. But, and we don't have that yet. Hopefully we will someday. But for the moment, there is one thing you can do, and that is put the car in valet mode. It cuts the power in half. And you can also go in and set the maximum speed in your Tesla app. So you could set the max speed to 65 if you want to, right? For if you don't want them going any faster than that on the freeway or anywhere else. So, uh, Doug, I hope those help. Thank you so much again for calling in. I'm just going to do one more call this week because I've already been talking for so darn long here. I'll get to more calls next week. And it's a different Doug, Doug from Naples, Florida, responding to my Cybertruck review and how I was commenting on what I felt was the ease of use with the steer by wire of the turn signal buttons right on the squircle. So, Doug, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Doug from Naples, Florida. Very interested in your uh, Cybertruck review, especially your comment on the turn signals. Uh, being a significant improvement from those that you experienced in the uh, Refresh S. I, I have the Refresh S, and I'm okay with the turn signals as long as um, <clears throat> I'm changing lanes or just at a stop, turning left, turning right. The biggest problem I have with the turn signals is when I'm in a rotary or you know roundabout or traffic circle, whatever you call them, and... Um, most states require you to use a turn signal which, when exiting the uh, roundabout. Uh, of course, that's a law that's widely ignored, but I do try to follow it, and it's almost impossible to figure out where the wheel is, which is the right turn signal to push. I guess I'm really surprised that NHTSA allows turn signals on the steering wheel when they won't allow convex mirrors on the driver's side. Uh, they're worried about the size of icons in the on the dashboard, and they don't allow adequate lighting and a whole host of other kinds of things. I'm surprised that they uh, find the turn signals acceptable. I don't know what this problem is. It's, it's bothersome. I guess I get used to it. I'm curious if you think that the uh, format on the Cybertruck would solve this or it would still be a problem. Anyway, be well and enjoy the uh, podcast and talk to you soon. Doug, it's always nice to hear from you. And the short answer to your question is yes. I do think that the Cybertruck's turn signal buttons are better in a roundabout 
And it's for one simple reason, that steer by wire, I mentioned it a moment ago, the squircle just doesn't have to turn as much and thus you never have to go hand over hand with it, meaning you quite literally never have to take your hands off of it, even in something like a roundabout. And as such, you can always just reach up with your left thumb, even if you're in the middle of a roundabout maneuver and press the right turn signal button, press you know whichever turn signal button you need. So if and when the S and X and maybe someday the new Model 3, since that's also foregone stocks, go to steer by wire, they too will suddenly become an order of magnitude easier to deal with in a roundabout with those turn signal buttons. Thank you so much, Doug. Thanks to everybody, whether you're named Doug or anything else. I appreciate you taking the time to call. Yeah, it was the, it was the Doug, the Doug uh, hotline this week, which was fun. Thanks to everybody for kindly taking the time to call in. As I said, I promise I will get to more of your phone calls next week. In the meantime, feel free to keep them coming. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment. Stick with me. I am not quite done. Yes, there is still a little bit more Ride the Lightning left to go coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Well, not too much going on with me and my Model 3 this week, other than just getting rained on. So I had a nice little stretch where the car was clean. Now it's not, but that's okay. Rain is good. It's good for our ecosystem up here. Um, Helps prevent the forest fires come late summer, early fall. So I can't complain too much about getting rained on. Anyway... Uh, let me give you a pro tip of the week here. It comes from Christy in Austin. It's specific to FSD beta. Hey, Ryan, it's Christy in Austin. I wanted to call in with a pro tip. When I'm using FSD beta and it will oftentimes slam on the brakes a little too late for my liking, um, we've got a highway out here in Austin that I've got to take to get into town and it's just stoplight after stoplight and the speed limit's um, anywhere between 55 to 65. So you're going fast, the car doesn't stop as soon as I would like it to and does it in a harsher way. But rather than taking it out of autopilot, I just use the scroll wheel control for that max speed. And as I see the light turn red and cars start stopping, I start cranking down that max speed so that the car is forced to slow down faster, um, or I should say slow down sooner so that it's not quite as much of a slam on the brake. Um, anyways, I hope this is helpful. Um, I also had a pro tip ask. I was hoping someone might be able to answer this question. The way that you can hack and get into the minimal lane change on each drive works in the three and Y where you can use the right scroll wheel to bring up that card and then tell it to do minimal lane changes. But I can't seem to figure out that in the refreshed Model X. Um, It has the yoke steering wheel and the wheels, um, the little clicker wheels, don't have that same action. So if anybody knows how to do that, I would love to find out. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. Thank you, Christy. That tip is helpful. I know speaking from my own FSD beta experience, sometimes I find that it 
It doesn't want to look like look around a bend like our human eyes can do. Not a corner, but just a bend. And it just, I guess it just mostly looks straight ahead. And so it'll result in it getting caught off guard a bit by cars that are slowing down up ahead in that curve, resulting in a firmer brake action than was honestly necessary if a human were doing the driving. So I love your idea of manually dropping the speed by fast flicking that right scroll wheel down to quickly drop that max speed of FSD by five mile per hour increments. I'm going to start using that one myself. Great tip. Thank you so much. As to whether or not there's a shortcut to the minimize lane changes on this drive card for the new SNX specifically, I sadly cannot help you on that one. So I will turn it over to the folks listening out there that do have the new SNX. If one of you out there either knows this or can check it on your next drive and would be so kind as to either call in or send me an email at teslapodcast at gmail.com, I would be happy to let Christy know as well as any other new SNX owners out there who might be looking for this information. Thanks, Christy. Thanks to everybody who calls in. Uh, If you have a pro tip of the week, please share it. I'd love to add it to my knowledge base, as I'm sure your fellow owners and enthusiasts would as well. So you can call in using the two call-in methods that I mentioned a little while ago. Before I scoot out of here, Let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that I hope can be of use to you sooner or later. Starting with abstractocean.com, they've got so many great aftermarket accessories for all four, well, five Teslas technically now, all five in production Teslas. I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange the original Roadster. Um, I I see you, original Roadster, just you're not made anymore. And so the, the five in production Teslas they've got stuff for over at abstractocean.com. Like their custom fit fourth generation tempered glass screen protectors, their awesome lighting kits of various lighting colors and different brightnesses, lots and lots of good stuff. Uh, The puddle lights, if you want to change out the little light at the bottom of your door when you open the door that's, you know, cast some light down so you can see at night, you could change that to say the Tesla T logo if you like. They've got that stuff. Uh, Lots of different fun kits over at abstractocean.com. Pile into your cart everything that you like when you go browse over there. And when you get to the checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that's coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces. Next up, the snap plate. Been getting some, uh, some good feedback on that. Who was it that just emailed me about this? Oh, it was uh, Al Bonilla who wrote in and said, thank you so much for turning me on to this. I I promise I didn't pay him to say this. He's he's just giving honest feedback here based on these products that I recommend from these vendors that I like. He says, I used your discount code. Great bonus. Love, love, love how this thing looks on my car. Uh, And he's, yeah, so good good commentary from Al there. Appreciate Appreciate the feedback. And if anybody else out there wants to grab the Snap Plate or the new Snap Plate Plus, which is strength optimized, intended to not break at all, whereas the Snap Plate, the regular one, is uh, sort of built to give way, built to break away, to sacrifice itself in a worst case scenario like a parking mishap or a car wash. So you can get either one and you can get a discount on either one. So go to everyamp.com slash RTL. And use the coupon code RTL 
on top of that. BudgetSafeSolar.com. I definitely recommend that you keep them on your short list of solar providers if you are considering adding solar to your home or business. They now offer home battery storage installation as part of their whole solar setup, both the Tesla Powerwall as well as other non-Tesla home batteries as well. So like I said, give them a look. If, uh, if who you're looking at isn't working for you for whatever reason, try them out. Just contact them, see what they can do for you. BudgetSafeSolar.com. And if you do proceed with an installation, I kindly ask that you use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections. Fantastic, awesome detailer here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. The website there is irdetailing.com. If you're in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area and would like to treat your car, whether it's a Tesla or another car that you care about that's in your garage, treat it to a spa day. There's no better place to take it than Immaculate Reflections. They offer a nice little discount for listeners of this podcast when you contact them through the website irdetailing.com. Just mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and you'll get that nice little discount as long as you book in one of the detailing services, whether it's paint correction, get that finish looking as good as it possibly can, whether it's paint protection film on some or all of the car, whether it's ceramic coating as well, uh, because that ceramic coat will last you a good three to five years, maybe more. In fact, because I'm at Yeah, I'm at over five years with my ceramic coating. I'll have to get it checked out the next time that I stop by Immaculate Reflections. Just have them look at it, see if it's it's needing to be redone yet or if it's still holding up well. Anyway, irdetailing.com. You can also check them out on Instagram. The username there is immaculate underscore reflections. He's also on Yelp. You can find him on yelp.com slash immaculate reflections as well. I mentioned the Patreon earlier in the podcast. That is, as I mentioned, the uh, the way that you can choose to support my efforts here with Ride the Lightning, if you like. I hope at some point you will. That's that's my goal is to earn your support. I don't expect that if you're a listener who just started listening last month that you're going to jump right on the Patreon. I know I've got to earn that trust, earn that support. And my hope is that showing up for you every single Sunday and doing uh, at least... I mean, hopefully doing a great job, but at the very least, putting my full heart and soul into it each and every week means that you might consider a pledge at some point. As I mentioned earlier, the support tiers start at just five bucks a month. The popular tier is the $10 a month one because that gets you early access to each week's episode and gets you access to all of those lightning round mini episodes that that I do exclusively for Patreon each week, both the entire 85 episode archive of them. Boy, I'm running out of steam here. I've been talking a lot today. Uh, As well as every future episode that I do each week on Patreon. So head on over to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're not already following this podcast or subscribing to it on your favorite podcast service, I recommend that you do that because that way the show will just find you each week rather than you having to go remember to find it. So subscribing slash following is totally free and I'm on all the major podcast services like Apple Podcasts, which you can get natively in your Tesla, as well as Google Podcasts, TuneIn, 
Spotify, as well as YouTube podcasts as well. The best way to find me on any of them is just type in Ride the Lightning Tesla, and that should pull up this podcast. Get yourself three free months of FSD with the purchase of a new Tesla by using my referral link. Now, you don't have to use mine. Certainly, I just want you to use somebody's, but if you just need one, feel free to use mine. And the way to do that is go to a web browser, either on your phone or desktop, and type in ts.la slash Ryan73014. That will take you to the tesla.com landing page where you can choose which car that you'd like to order, configure it how you like, order it, and when that order goes through, it will have the referral baked into it, which means upon delivery, you will get that three free months of FSD. You can follow me on X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm DMC underscore Ryan there, and I have the exact same username on Instagram as well. Before I hit the road, though, I want to say hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space to your backers. I'm going to start with the Maximum Plaid crew this week for two reasons. One, tomorrow, or well, tomorrow as I record this, it'll be in the past for most of you hearing it. But uh, this weekend is our monthly Zoom hangout for the uh, upper tier backers of the Patreon. I'm looking forward to that one. See if any of you out there have taken delivery of your Cybertruck as of yet. These are always fun chats. The hour always flies on by. And the Maximum Plaid or higher backers are invited to that every single month. However, I'll note as well that anybody that makes a new pledge or upgrades your pledge in, uh, in the course of a month, you get a one-time invitation to whatever the next light, uh, excuse me, the next Patreon Zoom hangout is, just as a thank you from me. I'll just give you the, the one-time courtesy invite to join us on that monthly Zoom hangout. Uh, the newest Maximum Plaid backer, I, I typoed and wrote Baker. Uh, <laughs> Maximum Plaid Baker would be a pretty great thing as well. I, that's uh, That would be that, that would be a very complimentary thing, I think, Maximum Plaid Baker. But the newest Maximum Plaid backer is Derek Finley. Derek, welcome, and I hope to see you on at least, if not this month's Patreon Zoom Hangout, maybe one in the future uh, as well. So thank you very much to both Derek as well as the rest of the Maximum Plaid crew who are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Mark Ebersole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalin, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. Next up, the Roadster in Space tier backers. Huge thanks goes out to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Nydig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, 
Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Kara Weston, Robert from Near Philly, Kristen Rumble, and American Home Contractors. Finally, a shout out, a thank you goes out to the grandfathered in plaid level supporters. This tier is officially no more on the Patreon, but these very kind and generous folks continue to support me at that level. So I continue to kindly offer them the all the perks and benefits that they deserve with that tier, including the shout out here at the end of each week's show, each week's show. Boy, I really do need to wrap it up because uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm clearly talked out for today. So big thanks to the plaid level supporters. They are George Cassiopo, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla Owners Club of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thanks to everybody backing me at every tier of the Patreon, your support is sincerely appreciated. It is never taken for granted, I assure you of that much. I've got a snoozing, dreaming Daisy the Boxer puppy to my left. She is, I think she's running in her dream right now because she's, her paws are, (laughs) her back legs are are moving as she sleeps. Uh, It is getting late here on the West Coast. This has been a fairly long episode, but hopefully one that you found enjoyable, one that you found informative. I had a blast doing this one. Like I said, I've been looking forward to this recording all week. I've been I've been jumping out of my skin, just eager to talk Roadster. Finally, now that we have an update, I couldn't be more thrilled. I know there's still a long way to go, but this is a, a true meaningful update. I've been looking for this for so long, and hopefully... Tesla's going to stop kicking the can down the road on that car and actually build it. I mean, according to Elon, the design's done, and now it's just a matter of doing the engineering and then spinning up some part of the factory, of one of the factories, whether that's going to be the original plan of finding a corner here in Fremont or if it's going to be in one of the other factories. If it's not going to be here in Fremont, I would selfishly hope it's in it's done out of Giga Berlin only because, well, number one, actually two reasons. One, the German team has a, a very good reputation of building really like well-built, good fit and finish cars. So that's that's one. And two, they have the advanced paint shop over there that's doing the Quicksilver, that's doing the Midnight Cherry Red. So uh I certainly expect, as you've heard me say before, that the next-gen Roadster is going to have its own palette of awesome colors. My true hope is that Tesla does... I I forget what Porsche calls it or Ferrari, but whatever the name of it is where you can just bring them literally any color and they will paint your car in that color. I don't know if Tesla will go that far for the next-gen Roadster because it's kind of not in their... MO to do that. They, you know, they do prioritize efficiency, as we all know. But this is a low-volume, high-priced car, so we'll see. In any case, I, I do certainly hope and, and honestly kind of expect that it's not just going to be the same colors that we get here in America now. You know, this, what is it, five, five colors, even though two of them have been at least refreshed, the stealth gray and the ultra red. But anyway, 
we'll see what happens with Roadster, but so happy that it's it's back in business. Tesla's back in the Roadster business, and I couldn't be more thrilled. And I couldn't be more grateful to all of you for taking so much time out of your week here on this episode to listen. This has been, what, over an hour and 40-minute episode, hour and 45 or so, I think, if I have my rough count correctly here. In any case, that is enough from me. Thank you so much for listening. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.